Loving Father in heaven, blessed be thy holy name, O Lord, and glory be unto your name for giving us this privilege of life. Father in heaven, we commit ourselves unto your care now as people in need of help. We have temptations to face and trials to bear, and without you we cannot do it. We need help and strength from you, and we pray, Lord, that you would grant to us all the help that we need. We pray that as we go through our devotion today, that you would increase our faith and that you would build us up and edify us. Grant to us of your spirit. Consecrate me to your service, Lord, and put your words in my mouth. As much as you died on the cross for our sins, Lord, I pray that today, as we go through these words, you shall use this means to be a blessing to those whom you died for, that we may be lifted up. And in Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighted in thee to set thee on the throne of Israel, because the Lord loved Israel forever. Therefore made he thee king to do judgment and justice. 1 Kings chapter 10, verse 9. A greater than Solomon was the designer of the temple. The wisdom and glory of God stood there revealed. Those who were unacquainted with this fact naturally admired and praised Solomon as the architect and builder. But the king disclaimed any honor for its conception or erection. Thus it was when the queen of Sheba came to visit Solomon, hearing of his wisdom and of the magnificent temple he had built, she determined to prove him with hard questions and to see for herself his famous works. Attended by a retinue of servants and with camels bearing spices and gold in abundance and precious stones, she made the long journey to Jerusalem. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. She talked with him of the mysteries of nature, and Solomon taught her of the God of nature, the great Creator, who dwells in the highest heaven and rules over all. Solomon told her all her questions. There was not anything hid from the king which he told her not. When the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built, there was no more spirit in her. It was a true report, she acknowledged, which I heard in mine own land of thine acts and thy wisdom. Howbeit I believed not their words until I came, and mine eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. Thy wisdom and prosperity exceeded the fame which I heard. 
by the time of the close of her visit, the queen had been so fully taught by Solomon as to the source of his wisdom and prosperity that she was constrained not to extol the human agent but to exclaim, Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighted in thee to set thee on the throne of Israel, because the Lord loves Israel forever. Therefore made he thee king to do judgment and justice. This is the impression that God designed should be made upon all peoples. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Praise Where It Belongs. In this part of our devotion in exploring the life of King Solomon, we see something remarkable that happened a long time ago in his life before he apostatized. Solomon, if we recall, at the onset of his life, was a young man who said to the Lord, I know not how to go out or how to come in. Please give me wisdom that I may know how to rule these people. He was humble. He was tender. He lacked, he lacked self-confidence. He had that self-distrust that leaned on God so much that he had wisdom given to him by God. He pleaded with the Lord to grant him the intelligence and the knowledge to know how to guide Israel and the Lord did not fail him. During those days of his life, he was so submissive to the will of God and to his ways that he brought glory to Israel. We saw how that under that time of Solomon's rule, Israel dwelt safely. All of them prospered. Solomon was very liberal at the time. He was very kind and loving and tender. In that time, he was not thinking of amassing wealth for himself. Rather, he was thinking of giving and giving and helping everybody to uh, stay in a very comfortable situation. And Israel dwelt comfortably under him. We've, we've seen that in past devotions. But one other thing that happened during that time to show his submissiveness to the Lord was in the building of the temple. Yeah, the, like we saw yesterday, unsanctified skill was used to build the temple. But at that time when the temple was built, with the materials that the Lord had given to his father David, uh, the, the other nations had heard of what had happened. At that time, he was still submissive to God. And when they heard of what had happened, they wanted to know of it. People used to come to Solomon, like we read earlier, to hear of his wisdom. And they marveled at it. This woman now, the queen of Sheba, had heard so much about it. But she couldn't believe all she was hearing. And she decided to see for herself. Reading from the book of 1 Kings chapter 10, verse from verse 1, it says, And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. So, take note now, she didn't hear the fame of Solomon in that sense that we hear of him later, talking of his buildings, of um, magnificent temple uh, houses that he had. It was concerning the temple of the Lord. This was not about Solomon's house where he had those golden lions and peacocks and apes and all those unnecessary luxurious things. That was not what she had heard of. This now was, as the Bible says, she had the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord. So, she heard about the great things Solomon was doing for God, not the one he was doing for self. 
which was his ruin. This was what he was doing for the Lord. And it goes on in verse 2 to say, And she came to Jerusalem with a very great train, with camels that bear spices, and very much gold and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all her questions. There was not anything hid from the king, which he told her not. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built, and the meat of his table, and the sitting of his servants, and the attendants of his ministers, and their apparel, and his cup-bearers, and his ascent by which he went up unto the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. So I still want to point out here that what she saw was the ascent unto by which he went up into the house of the Lord. So this was not referring to Solomon's personal house, but his ascent to the house of the Lord. It was the temple of the Lord and the things that Solomon had built regarding that temple that she saw. And the Bible says that when she saw that ascent by which he went up into the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. Going, going on now in verse 6, it says, And she said to the king, it was a true report that I heard in mine own land of thy acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit, I believed not the words until I came, and mine eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. Thy wisdom and prosperity exceeded the fame which I heard. Happy, I thy, happy are thy men, happy are these thy servants, which stand continually before thee, and that hear thy wisdom. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighted in thee to set thee on the throne of Israel, because the Lord loved Israel forever. Therefore made he thee king to do judgment and justice. And she gave the king an hundred and twenty talents of gold, and of spices very great store, and precious stones. There came no more such abundance of spices as these which the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. And the navy also of Hiram, that brought gold from Ophir, brought in from Ophir great plenty of almog trees and precious stones. And the king made the almog trees pillars for the house of the Lord and for the king's house, harps also, and psalteries for singers. There came no such almog trees, nor were they nor were seen unto this day. And King Solomon gave unto the queen of Sheba all her desire, whatsoever she asked, beside that which Solomon gave her of his royal bounty. So she returned and went to her own country, she and her servants. Amen. We are told today in our devotion, Conflict and Courage, page 199, paragraph 2, a greater than Solomon was the designer of the temple. The wisdom and glory of God stood there revealed. Those who were unacquainted with this fact naturally admired and praised Solomon as the architect and the builder. But the king disclaimed any honor for its conception or erection. End of quote. A very great lesson is here for us to learn. At this time of Solomon's life, where he had not entered into the exploit of going into madness and folly like he said he wanted to do, wanted to taste madness and folly. At this time, he had not started to do that. He had just built a temple of the Lord. He had not done that thing where he said, I got me in maid house, maidens and all of that and all the 
foolishness he went into he had not done that yet it was the temple of the lord that the queen of sheba saw that made her marvel and who was it that gave solomon the wisdom to build that temple it was the lord anyone who marvels at that temple was marveling at the glory of the lord solomon could not take any glory for it it was not any ingenuity or skill or tact on his part that made him to build that temple in the way he did and secondly she marveled at the wisdom of solomon that solomon directed her to the god of heaven any question he asked her he did not give her answers in such a way to bring glory to himself but he gave her answers in such a way to bring glory to god you see as humans we are very self-centered there is that tendency to want to exalt self and take glory to ourselves when we see others receiving glory and praise there is that thought where we wish it was us receiving the praise sometimes we watch musicians sing in concerts and see all the praise and adulation they get have you been in that situation where you join them in singing at home or in the bathroom you are singing the song or when you are cooking or when you are washing when we see the sportsmen too exhibiting their skill as we see these things whether it's in the music or sports but you see that these men are praised there's that tendency to wish that you were the one receiving the exaltation on a world stage have you seen yourself singing in the bathroom and you are just wondering look how good my voice is i wish people knew how good i was or seeing yourself doing one other thing with your skill and you are just telling yourself oh look at how good i do this or look at how good i do that i and the skill may not be any sanctified skill by the way like i just mentioned maybe even in sports and you are wishing oh i wish people could see me on the world stage look at how i'm just doing this thing here i'm just as good as those people who are famous on the world stage i wish it could be me that is receiving the praise of men there's that tendency seen us to want to bring exaltation to self this is what uh, the games are for exactly actually just to bring praise to self and to give you that glory that you desire you in your mind then you create a world for yourself that is like where the computer the computer games are this is what games are for that's computer games to give you that glory that you so desire a world is created for you where the computer makes it easy for you on a certain level and make you makes you to conquer in this manner you receive exaltation but man needs no exaltation and deserves none except it comes from god all that we are and have we owe to god it is not by our hands and might and wisdom that we do what we do it is by god's grace and power and the man who recognizes this and humbles himself will give the praise where it belongs solomon in all his wisdom was not the one who built the temple it was god and solomon did his due diligence and gave the glory to god when we achieve great things we can indeed recognize that god worked through us but never feel that it is your strength we should never feel that it's our strength that led us to succeed or to achieve that great thing an example for this is shown in the book of daniel in daniel chapter 2 there king nebuchadnezzar had a dream that he wanted to be revealed and had threatened all his magicians and sorcerers and chaldeans and wise men that if they don't tell him that dream and the interpretation that he was going to kill all of them eventually they couldn't give it to him and he ordered for them to be killed daniel asked for some time so that he could pray to god and see whether he could get the interpretation of the dream and the dream itself so daniel prayed and it was given to him of god it was a very great achievement here do you know what that is has that ever happened in the whole world that somebody dreams another person's dream 
or is revealed to you and then you not just get the dream but get the uh, uh, interpretation accurately we've never heard of such a thing done before only once and that was done by daniel it would have been a time for him to exalt self you know sometimes when you are in a place of work and you know that your boss needs something done and there's no one else who can do it and you see that you are the one who can do it there is that desire in you that wants to just glorify self and it's not something you may say with your mouth outwardly in your head it can be going on there and you say this is an opportunity for me to have an opening for this an opportunity for me to gain some recognition in the eyes of my boss and you want to take all the glory to yourself but this was not so for daniel he realized that it was not him that got that dream and interpretation and when he was brought before the king the bible tells us in daniel 2 verse 19 then was a secret revealed unto daniel in the night vision then daniel blessed the god of heaven daniel answered and said blessed be the name of god forever and ever for wisdom and might are his and he kept on praising the lord now when he was brought to king nebuchadnezzar in verse 27 he says daniel answered in the presence of the king and said the secret which the king had demanded cannot the wise men the astrologers the magicians the soothsayers show unto the king but there is a god in heaven that revealeth secrets and maketh known to the king nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days thy dream and the visions of thy head upon thy bed are these as for thee o king thy thoughts came into thy mind upon thy bed with what should come to pass hereafter and he revealed secrets make and he that revealed secrets make it known to thee what shall come to pass now listen again in verse 30 daniel said but as for me this secret was not revealed to me for any wisdom that i have more than any living but for their sakes that shall make known the interpretation to the king and that thou mightest know the thoughts of thy heart amen this is the lesson that we must learn today and it is the lesson of giving praise where it belongs it is important that we do not take to ourselves the glory that belongs to god has the lord wrought through you a great deliverance or great achievements whether it is in the educational sphere or in your um, scientific achievements and all of that whatever it is then we must learn to give praise where it belongs don't say i praise god and then you praise yourself too praise god alone do not say it is you who has achieved it when you come before kings speak of the glory of god don't be ashamed to speak to the wise men of the earth whether they be atheists or not whether they believe in god or not when they want to seek for the knowledge and the source of your wisdom let them know like daniel said before the king of the earth at the time you know nebuchadnezzar had conquered this world and was ruling the world this was daniel standing before the king of this world of the empire of the world perhaps one of the greatest ever and he spoke to him of god he said to him "O king this thing that was revealed to me is because of a god in heaven that revealed secrets he told him very clearly there is a god in heaven that revealed secrets will you tell your boss that there is a god in heaven that gives wisdom will you tell your boss that there is a god in heaven that gives intelligence will you tell him that it is him that god in heaven that gave you the skill to know what you know to do what you do to achieve what you achieve 
or will you tell them that it is your own strength and your might that has gotten you this wisdom will you tell them of how you were so skillful in doing it we must learn to give praise where it belongs psalms chapter 119 verse 46 and 47 says i will speak of thy testimonies and also before kings and will not be ashamed and i will delight myself in thy commandments which i have loved we must know how to stand before kings why would david say and i will not be ashamed it is because there is that tendency to be ashamed when you stand before the people of the world but david says even before the people of the world i will not be ashamed to talk of the testimonies of god before them will they be offended no problem but i have to say the truth and the truth is that the wisdom that i have and the things that i achieved did not come from self it came from god i cannot tell lies about it but when you go before the kings like hezekiah did and start to show them your achievements and you do not direct them to god you are a liar and secondly you are taking praise to yourself look at the way the world does whenever we want to write books and you want to quote someone from the world if you write the person's words without writing the reference they say that it is plagiarism we are more than plagiarists we take the glory that belongs to god to ourselves because that's what people are trying to achieve even if you go to youtube you try to use somebody's music that even is giving you for free you must acknowledge the person at least write it down there that it is the person's music you are using and sometimes if it is not a free music you are using for your youtube videos it will be you will be penalized for it you will not get the rewards that you were supposed to get whether the money that you were supposed to get for that particular video for using someone else's material what do they say it is they say it is intellectual property and it is protected how about god's intellectual property do we give him the praise for it but when it comes to men we are we we are very quick to want to take the praise that belongs to us this man quoted from my book without putting my name on it this person used my music without acknowledging me and he wants to make money out of it and that's how men do for themselves and rightly so it is good to give praise where it belongs did you learn something from someone acknowledge the person that that's where you learned it from sometimes we can be so proud that we don't want to let people know that we learned from someone else and it's the same attitude we give towards god why because we are so self-centered you know that it is because of this person that you have learned what you learned and without this person you will not be where you are and we are afraid of saying it we flee we claim that oh i don't want to give praise to men but the actual thing is just the same spirit of you want to make it look like you learned it by yourself and some to to avoid that they deflect it and say oh it's god that taught me but it was a man who actually taught you yes true god but it was a man what is so wrong in you not necessarily praising the person but acknowledging that it was this person you do it on your videos on youtube you do it on your references in your works that you write so what is wrong in letting someone else know that it was this brother or it was this sister that taught me how to make this particular kind of food or it was this brother that taught me this lesson that i am practicing today this wisdom that i'm practicing in this particular behavior or character that i have i learned it from this brother or i learned it from this sister you don't give the praise where it belongs not that i'm saying you should praise men but you do it already when you're writing your educational and academic works you write their names there compulsorily and even in your videos 
then what's wrong in you acknowledging that is the word acknowledge that you learned it from someone else like i would always say the bible says that if you love if you cannot love men whom you see how can you love god whom you have not seen if you cannot do this for men in acknowledging them that it is you who taught me and i'm grateful to you for what you have done for me if you cannot do it for men how can you do it for god because you want all the glory to come to yourself you want to make it appear as though it was your own ingenuity from your own head that taught you what you know you don't want anybody to know is this bro this brother or this sister maybe because the person is younger than you or something and you don't want to appear like you were taught because appearing that you were taught makes it look like you are not as intelligent as you are as you claim to be because that's what happens when you acknowledge someone and say is this person that taught me it reduces the way the other person sees you so that you are not going to be seen as that intelligent person anymore because what people claim to be intelligence is that is, is when you of your own self of your own ingenuity does something then you say oh this person is intelligent but when you say oh it's not of my ingenuity it's actually this person who taught me or is that person who taught me the the impression it gives to another person is that oh it's not your ingenuity immediately they just realize that okay it's not you actually it is someone else this is what many people try to avoid when they say things they quote things they don't want to say it is this person who taught me they are trying to avoid the impression that you give to the other person that will make it look like they are not as intelligent or they are not as wise so they, they, they deflect the acknowledgement from the other person to themselves to appear wise but then some people hide it under a cloak of righteousness saying mm, i don't want to give praise to that brother or i don't want to exalt self i don't want that sister to feel exalted because she's the one that taught me how to cook i don't want people to know that she's the one who taught me how to cook let them just you know it's god it's god who taught me so there's no need mentioning her name it's god but in doing that ask yourself judge yourself are you not trying to bring praise to yourself praise where it belongs acknowledgement where it belongs is what we are learning reading from councils on health page 307 paragraph 2 we are told those who labor wholeheartedly in the lord's vineyard working to the utmost of their ability are not the ones to set the highest estimate on their own services instead of swelling with pride and self-importance and measuring with exactness every hour's work they compare their efforts with the savior's work and account themselves unprofitable servants end of quote especially when we are doing work for god we should count ourselves on profitable servants and not to charge very huge wages and like we saw in yesterday's devotion in to be like jesus page 88 paragraph 2 we are told when we have done all that we can do we are to count ourselves on profitable servants there is no room for pride in our efforts for we are dependent every moment upon the grace of god and we have nothing that we did not receive says jesus without me you can do nothing end of quote now this does not mean that we become so sensitive to making the statement of the fact and taking responsibility for our actions god will reward those who do good and those who do does evil too so if he is going to reward people for their actions they must own up to it and take responsibility for it what do i mean here sometimes we may get sensitive to this topic in our praise where it belongs and feel that oh anytime i do something i should say it's not me who did it it's god who did it yeah that's a way you can say that but that doesn't mean you don't take responsibility for your actions whether good or evil you take responsibility for your actions i was reading about joshua and i heard some things he said about himself 
when Joshua was about to die and he was uh, seeing the apostles in Israel, we've seen that devotion before, and he wanted to speak to them. There were some things he said to them that I want to take note of. In Joshua 23, reading verse 3 and 4, these are the words of Joshua. He said, And you have seen all that the Lord your God had done unto all these nations before because of you. For the Lord your God is he that had fought for you. Then he now says in verse 4, Behold, I, not God, he says, I have divided unto you by lot these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes from Jordan with all the nations that I have cut off even unto the great sea westward. My point here is that Joshua is pointing to himself. He's saying, I divided the city. But it was actually God who gave him that responsibility. But he did it. It was him who did it. Also, when you read about Moses in Deuteronomy, Moses kept on talking about how he did this, he did that. He kept on saying, I, 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 I. Was it wrong for them to use the word I? Of course not. They were taking responsibility for their actions. The fact is that, as much as it is God who does things through us, the next, the truth is that we still have to yield to him to allow him to use us. And we have to take responsibility for our actions. But not in a sense to bring glory to self. Not in a sense to feel puffed up. Not in a sense to swell with pride. Joshua was not saying I, I, I here swelling with pride. And so also with Nehemiah. If you read the book of Nehemiah, many times he will talk about the things he had done. He will say, I said this, I did this, I did that, I did that. And then he will even present his good works to the Lord and say, Lord, remember me like in Nehemiah. 5 verse 19 he said think upon me my god for good according to all that i have done for these people was it really nehemiah that was doing those things yes it was nehemiah but through whose strength god's strength it was a combination between man and god nehemiah did it but he was not taking praise and glory to himself there's a difference between taking praise to yourself and acknowledging your actions taking responsibility for your actions whether good or evil nobody's going to say when they do evil it is satan who did it you take responsibility and you take the punishment for it. So also with good. When you do good, it is God who did it, yes. But you also take responsibility for the actions. Taking responsibility for your actions doesn't mean you are bringing praise to yourself. Just because we are trying not to exalt self does not mean that we avoid the statement of facts. Joshua and Nehemiah stated the facts of the work that they did. The motive was not to exalt self, but to state facts and also take the responsibility for their actions. They still realized the hand of God in their works. They did not take glory to self, but merely stated the facts. Daniel, though he even mentioned that it was God that gave him wisdom, was still exalted. And after revealing the secret, the secret dream, it is about the heart and our actions and manners show whether we give God the glory or not. It is not necessarily your words that show whether you give glory or not. It's your actions, it's your manner, it's the way you carry yourself that shows whether you're exalting self or not. Just because Jesus said, I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me, doesn't mean he was on an ego trip as some people claim that Jesus was bringing glory to himself. No, he was bringing glory to God. He was stating a fact that if he is lifted up from the earth, he will bring draw all men to him. It was a fact. Should he not state it because he's avoiding bringing glory to self or not wanting to exalt self, that he should not state the fact again or the truth? No. We shouldn't take it to an extreme now of saying, I won't state the fact and everything. I'll say, it's God who did it, it's God who did it. Therefore, when we are doing evil too, we should just say, it's Satan who did it, it's Satan who did it. This thing is a matter of the spirit and the carriage and the feeling in your mind. That's what this praise where it belongs is about. It's not about the words and when you say, I did this, I did that. It is the spirit that prompts that action. Nebuchadnezzar at a time in his life came and said, 
behold babylon which i have built that moment the lord made him to be mad for seven years what was wrong with that solomon also said that he built jerusalem he said behold this is jerusalem i built jerusalem i did this read the book of ecclesiastes he kept on saying i did this i did that it was him who built the temple it was solomon but Solomon was not saying it in a way to bring glory to himself. The motive behind it was not to bring praise to himself. In Nebuchadnezzar's case, that was the motive and the Lord made him get the punishment for that. So it is about the heart and not our actions and manners that show whether we give glory to God or not. When we begin to think that our achievements excuse us from the laws that apply to the common man, we are exalting ourselves. When we think that we can be excused from certain rules that should apply to all, we are exalting ourselves. When we feel slighted because we are not treated with exaltation, we are exalting ourselves. When we think that our good works is what will recommend us to God, we exalt self. Testimonies Volume 4, page 228, paragraph 2 says, Our good works alone will not save any of us, but we cannot be saved without good works. And after we have done all that we can do in the name and strength of Jesus, we are to say, we are unprofitable servants. We are not to think that we have made great sacrifices and that we should receive great reward for our feeble services. End of quote. So, it is our good works. It will not take us anywhere, but nevertheless, it's our good works. And we cannot be saved without it. But we must have a spirit to understand that we are unprofitable servants. We are to say it and we are to believe it. It's not just to come out of your lips, we are unprofitable servants, but you are feeling proud. While you are saying we are unprofitable servants, you are still exalting self. It is a matter of your spirit and your courage. And what will show that you are exalting self is, like I said earlier, do you think that laws apply to others and doesn't apply to you? You are exalting yourself. Do you think that you can be excused from some rules and those rules apply to others? Rules for thee and not for me? That is what shows that even though you are saying you are an unprofitable servant, you are actually exalting yourself above the people because the laws that apply to them doesn't apply to you. That is what shows you are exalting self. And there are many other ways that it can be shown, but I'm just listing the ones that come to my mind. And when you start to think that the good things you have done makes you better than other people, you are exalting yourself. It is these attitudes that show it and much more. I'm not exalting, exhausting all the ways that we do it. It is not just the words, but it shows in your pomp and carriage. That I may know him, page 334, paragraph 3 says, Our spiritual strength and blessing will be proportionate to the labor of love and good works which we perform. The injunction of the apostle is, Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ, Galatians 6 verse 2. Keeping the commandments of God requires of us good works, self-denial, self-sacrifice and devotion for the good of others. Not that our good works alone can save us, but that we surely cannot be saved without good works. After we have done all that we are capable of doing, we are then to say, we have done no more than our duty and at best are unprofitable servants, unworthy of the smallest favor from God. Christ must be our righteousness." End of quote. I wish I had better words to express the way I understand this thing in my mind. Good works are to be done by us, and not only that, we are to take responsibility for both the good and the evil that we do. But in our hearts, and in our attitude, and in the things we do, be careful not to take praise to yourself give praise where it belongs and that is to God and also remember 
that in your dealings with men, when you want to bring praise to yourself, you realize that you will not acknowledge those who teach you. You will not acknowledge those who you learned from. Because when you do not acknowledge them, it appears as though it was your own ingenuity that you are displaying. And when we don't mention the names of those who it is that helped us in this learning or in that skill, you make it appear as though you learned it by yourself and you appear as one intelligent person in the mind of others. And sometimes, like I said, we want to hide this behavior under the cloak of, I don't want to give praise to men. I don't want to exalt men. But you are exalting yourself by not even saying that it was someone who taught you. You are actually exalting yourself. And even when you say, oh, it is God... You are still doing the same thing when you intentionally try to avoid the, pre, the the fact that you thought you were taught by another man. Because many times when you say it's God, people still see, oh, yeah, this man is so spiritual. That's how he got it. But when you say, this brother or this sister is the one that taught me how to cuckoo. Is this brother that taught me this particular thing, this skill? Then people will understand, oh, it's not as if you are just all that smart person and that wise person. You didn't do it all by yourself. So, someone taught you. That way, you are taking away from yourself the attention and taking the acknowledgement where it belongs and giving praise to, to God where it belongs. I just pray that the Lord will help us to properly understand these things, not resting it and out of his meaning and going off on a tangent, but knowing the balance on how to exercise this particular lesson of giving praise where it belongs let us pray holy father in heaven we need to learn to give praise where it belongs and all glory honor and praise belong to you dear lord and we pray lord that you will help us not to take glory to ourselves and not to be so conscious of another man's praise and acknowledgement that we detract from them the dignity that belongs to them or the acknowledgement that belongs to them. Help us, Lord, not to be so conscious of ourselves or wanting to bring praise to ourselves that we want to appear as people who do things by ourselves and bring in glory to ourselves. Forgive us for the times we have done this in whatever skillful way we did it and help us, Lord, to know how to practice this lesson of bringing, of giving the praise where it belongs both in our relationships with men and in our relationship with you do this for us and take the glory. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.